1: hello and welcome to troubling issues this is a podcast about comics but it's for everyone whether you like comics or not every fortnight we read a single issue of a comic book and talk about it in somewhat ridiculous detail to entertain and hopefully inform you about the comic and a heap of other stuff if you want to you can read along with the comic but you don't have to the comic that we read it might be good it might be bad or it might be crazy but it will definitely be noteworthy. I'm Brad Daniels, comic writer, artist, and fan. And this week's guest is Claire Riley. Hello, hello, Claire. Hi. How are you going?
0: Yeah, good. Thank you. Thank you for
1: your lovely introduction, and thank you for having me
0: on your show.
1: My pleasure, indeed. <laughs> uh, so, I'll start by saying I uh, I I know you. I could I could uh, I could see you in the street and say that's Claire. Uh, <laughs> But some people who are listening to this podcast may not know who you are. Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. I um well, we know each other through improv. So I'm an improviser, and I'm also I also have a podcast called Sharks.
1: It mm, Sounds interesting.
0: Sh- Sharks with an X with my longtime friend Simone Claire. But we're not as organized as you are with our podcast, so it's um we're taking a little break at the
1: moment. But oh. yeah. Hmm. Well, first of all, thank you for saying I'm organized. That's lovely.
0: Super organized.
1: And what what would you say Sharks is about? Sharks with an X.
0: Well, Sam and I are both very obsessed and love Sharks. So 90% of the podcast is just, just talking shop and, and maybe 10% is about Sharks. But the, the real bones of it is Sharks with a little bit of side chat. Mm. Okay
1: so so uh, well, so you're a, you're you take a pro shark uh, stand on the podcast 100%. I imagine yeah 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 love sharks so, so you love sharks so well while well, I got you on that like what's what would like sharks have a bit of a bad rap so what would you say were the top three good things about sharks that you like
0: oh God top three things about fr- sharks Um, they brought Simone and I together
1: oh that's lovely yeah
0: mm-hmm they I mean it's their water. So really, you know, shark attacks provoked, unprovoked, really. I mean you have to they're just they're just doing their thing. And number yeah. three They just
1: gotta stand their ground, right?
0: Yeah, they're just standing their ground. And number three, I love the glide that they drew, They go through the water with a fin. God, they're really three random
1: things. Simone's <laughs> gonna
0: kill me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, That's it. I've said this, it now.
1: This is all a plan to get you killed. Yeah. <laughs>
0: So much trouble.
1: Uh, that's good. Okay, well, uh, that's it. Well, I, I've, I've you turned my opinion of sharks around completely. <laughs> oh, so If you had asked me what the three best things about sharks was, probably number would be the number one for me would be the flavour. Oh no, brad, What? Eat uh, uh, sharks? Yeah, you've had flake, surely. No. I'm sure I, I haven't. Uh, well, if you've had fish and chips.
0: Oh, don't say that. That's I know what you're talking about. That's very yeah. I yeah. Mm. I also know that um, there's like shark fin, like shark fin soup, and dog treats that are shark related. Yeah, shocking.
1: Okay, so <laughs> eating sharks is morally reprehensible to you. <laughs>
0: Starting off on a good note, Uh, so I will stay neutral and defer to your better knowledge. Thank you.
1: Okay, well, look, you're allowed to disagree with me. It's my podcast. It's not like I'm going to hang up on you.
0: I disagree with you.
1: Fair enough. (laughs) Uh, Well, one thing that uh, you are also free to disagree with me about is comic books, and uh, I'd just like to ask you, what's your relationship to comics?
0: So... Um, it's a good question because when the last comic I probably read was Bunty when I was quite small. Mm. So, do you know Bunty? It's like a uh, little I know, magazine.
1: I, mm. I know enough about uh, English comics. So, yeah, uh, you're from Ireland originally, right?
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah. So, they have weekly comics that were printed on newsprint. So, they're really... Uh, really shoddy paper and stuff like that and uh, there are lots of humour comics like uh, Beano.
0: Yeah, the Beano as well, Beano and Bunty, yeah.
1: Yeah, so and lots of short stories in there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, so I'm not familiar with uh, Bunty myself, so what would I what would I find in a issue of Bunty?
0: Bunty is this gorgeous little magazine for girls where it's all very clean cut and one of the stories would be, like, girls preparing for a picnic and the major drama would be, they, they chase a butterfly and then they have lemonade and they all go home. It was
1: delightful. Wow, so the inciting incident is chasing a butterfly. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But luckily <laughs> there was lemonade, so it all turned out okay.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: It's like, uh, so this is, you're a so you're a bit of an adrenaline junkie then, Claire. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. You've got me all figured out, Brad. <laughs> okay, well that's good. Well, uh, I thought uh, for the comic we'd read for this episode, I'd go for something that was a little bit, uh, a little bit current, a little bit topical. Yeah. Which is why I chose a comic from 1976, uh, and we are going to be looking at. Uh, something to do with uh, American elections, which are writ large in the news today.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: We're going to be looking at uh, Howard the Duck, number eight, issue number eight, published January 1976, written by Steve Gerber and illustrated by Gene Colan. Uh, and it's, it's called, what's the name of this particular story? It's... Uh, Open season. Open season, mm-hmm. and it's like it's lots of jokes about assassinations, which is <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> so uh, yeah, this was. I tried desperately to find something with a picnic in it for, for oh. <laughs> but I I really couldn't find anything. Uh, there was exciting. one. Yeah. Sorry.
0: I mean picnics are quite adrenaline junkie extreme so you'll be hard pressed nowadays yeah I didn't want to like
1: lose audience from like people dropping dead from excitement (laughs) yeah and uh, my other thought was that I could go the other extreme and just go with the most hardcore crazy like extreme violent over the top uh, sweary comic I could find but I thought I I can't do that to Claire if that would be terrible
0: I'm, I'm glad that you chose well.
1: <laughs> good, good.
0: You chose well with this one.
1: Okay, so let's have a look. Let's, let's have a quick run through uh, How the Duck number eight. Mm-hmm. Now, How the Duck. Uh, okay, we'll start with the cover. We mm-hmm. got uh, Trapped in a World He Never Made, it says at the top, under the Marvel Comics Group banner. Uh, How the Duck, and there's a... The duck is bursting through a newspaper, the Daily Bugle, Famous, fictitious news- newspaper run by J. Jonah Jameson, where uh, Peter Parker, who was Spider-Man, works as a photographer. Uh, and the headline screams, Howard for Prez. Yeah. With uh, Howard in 76, Get Down America. Uh, has a p- little picture of Jimmy Carter down there yelling foul, an assassination attempt defended by gunmen thought he was in season explains prisoner so already we're like getting into a little bit of a a satire and Mm. more than well not so much satire just dumb jokes at this point yeah because uh rabbit i don't know rabbit season and duck season that's the thing so what do you think of the cover there claire
0: I think we're also thinking that he has a white glove and that's also the presidential going back to Jackie Onassis and her fashion and the little hat that he's wearing as well is, is a tip to that.
1: So, oh, well, I, I that's a connection I hadn't made. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I, I'm, you, you're blowing my mind a little bit already, Claire. It's
0: the subtler, the subtler um, sections of it there. Why yeah, is he yeah. wearing white gloves? Is it because the, why the queen wears gloves because he has to shake so many hands that he doesn't? Is it a nod to COVID that he doesn't want to worry about washing his hands countless times?
1: Okay, well, I I'm gonna I can't say for certain, but I'm gonna I'm gonna hazard a guess that it's because of Walt Disney he's wearing a glove. Oh, Okay. Because uh, one of the things I wanted to avoid when uh, making How the Duck is confusion with Don- Donald Duck. Because uh, uh Disney is legendary, litigious against copyright claims, or anything that they think uh, would be ripped off of them. so they have to try and keep Howard not looking like Donald as much as possible.
0: Ah, I see okay.
1: yeah, Flapper. and that's right if he was, but as it was, uh, here's a little bit of a comic book history for you. In the end, Disney did contact Marvel Comics and say, "Look, uh, you're going to have to change your stuck. It looks too much like Donald Duck for us." So they ended up putting pants on uh, on Howard to uh, oh, make him look see. less like Donald.
0: Okay. Is so. That, it, yeah. Oh, interesting.
1: At some point, yeah, he just started. He like started wearing pants. Which because is not Donald Duck does. also
0: has white gloves. So what, what are they trying to make him more different? Or the
1: What does does Donald have white gloves? Yeah. My God. Or he's a white duck. It's hard to know. I just Googled the picture <laughs> of him. Sorry. <laughs>
0: maybe and he's also wearing a jaunty blue hat. Oh, it's similar.
1: Yeah. I uh, mean it's interesting
0: that they've given him a cigar. So okay, I so, the 70s.
1: Yes. Uh much like uh Jackie Onassis, he does chomp on a cigar all the time <laughs> uh and yeah i've just had a little quick check and uh donald though being a white duck and uh, does not wear gloves okay and how it is yellow and not white so i guess that's a thing But there you go so mm-hmm. already we're into the we've already waded into like copyright law and we haven't even got past the cover <laughs> and not to mention jackie onassis which is another thing entirely so let's start uh Mm -hmm. with the first page uh open season it says okay there's a i love the bit at the top uh where they have like a little background on who Mm -hmm. how duck is and where he came from and this is something i used to have in all the marvel comics they had a little like blurb at the start say who was who and what was going on did you find this helpful
0: it was nice to have the backstory. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah, it's all very, and it's like, it's all very, um, well, this, you can tell this just came out in the 70s because it's all very, a bit new agey, you know, he went and educated himself on the streets, and they're talking about a, a cartoon duck here. I mean, mm. it's, it's hard to say, like, try and get the street credibility for a duck, but that's what they're trying to do at the start. Uh, okay. mm-hmm. And of course, we have the first image now. Uh, artwork by Gene Con- Colon mm-hmm. he's a a venerable artist. Uh, does a lot of moody shadows and stuff in his artwork. Uh, before *How the Duck*, he was best known for doing a *Tomb of Dracula* comic oh. for many years. So he does uh, he does the dark and the shadowy and stuff like that. And we have Howard shaking hands with. Uh, Of all people, Doctor Strange.
0: Oh, I see. That's right. It is Doctor Strange. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, I just figured that out now. I'm reading the bottom yellow and it's all... Yeah, I did read this and now I'm rereading it.
1: (laughs) Well, just showing that uh, Howard is part of the Marvel Universe. Yes. So, there's obviously, Doctor Strange had a a movie. Yeah. This is the same character there and how the doctor did show up in a couple of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy movies in the background.
0: I didn't actually know that that was Dr. Strangelove or anything about him, but now that you've explained it, perfect sense. (laughs)
1: Okay.
0: Uh, Feel free to edit that out if you need to,
1: Brad. (laughs) Okay. This is great. It was like, I, I, you don't have to know anything about comics. That's what I'm here for. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I will. I will. I, I. I hate to be a corrector, but it's not Doctor Strange Love.
0: Oh no! Sorry, it's Doctor Strange. Sorry, Doctor Strange.
1: Doctor Strange Love. Love is an unrelated movie. Sorry. Oh my
0: god! I was trying to save myself there, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> god, my god. Okay.
1: Okay. Look, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be nicer to you, Claire. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No. Uh, I'm if I'm... Gonna, um... Put me yeah. off your game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So we start in media res. Let's say uh, there's a assassin's uh, sights trained on Howard as he shakes Doctor Hand, uh, Doctor mm-hmm. Doctor Strange's hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is currently ru- Howard. That is not Doctor Strange. Is currently running for president, which uh, I sort of wish I they had set up more because I really wanted to draw parallels between this and the current election in the in the united states but uh, whatever Mm. uh and because of that he is being targeted for assassination and already we have a comic where it's all about uh making jokes about assassination of (laughs) of politicians so off to a great start i
0: yeah i mean don't you think that if the assassination shot could have gone anything instead of the shoulder he would have gone for his head side note
1: uh okay well this is where we get to see your bloodthirsty side uh so, you yeah, know what so... I mean?
0: Like, if you have a shot, you'd you'd go. You wouldn't take out a side. You know, his elbow or not his elbow is like shoulder. You'd go for
1: the yeah. head. Yeah. You well, know? I mean, you're look. You're you have that. You live in that shadowy world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not not me. <laughs> I, say that I... was the
0: most. That was the thing that I saw that irritated me the most. <laughs>
1: okay. So like, yeah. Obviously, you're gonna shoot. Uh, if you're gonna kill a duck, you go for the head.
0: Yeah. Point blank.
1: Point blank. Okay, so uh, we we wander along. Uh, next page, page two, let's say. Uh, yeah, now Howard and his girlfriend Beverly uh, wander away from Dr. Stranger's Sanctum Centorum, Uh talking about how they have no money and they're, they're mentioning that they haven't heard from the party since the convention. This is, of course, the party that Howard is re- uh representing in the election mm. which i don't think they mentioned the name of in this comic but the, the uh party is running for is the all night party Rice. which oh. i thought was a pretty good joke
0: <laughs> oh i get it sorry <laughs> i'm concentrating i'm writing notes here brad i was like my... yeah i got it Done. Uh, look, once
1: again, you, you will not be tested on this, so you don't feel like you have to write notes. So in many ways, you have been tested.
0: I, I feel it. I feel it. I'm glad that the... Keep going. Don't don't go easy on me, Brad. <laughs> it's,
1: it's, it's a, this is much more adversarial than I was expecting, Claire. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, um, a shot rings out. Beverly turns around. Howard? And a, uh, one of the guy, a assassin falls from the roof uh, with a gun. Uh, so some slob fell off the roof, Bev. Uh, and Howard decides, oh, look, there's a guy who shot him up in the roof. So someone's shot someone who was going to shoot Howard. It's already a little bit crazy. Yeah. And uh, Howard says, let's run away in the opposite direction of this guy's going. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts on page two there?
0: I think it's interesting that when you, you the on the little second um it, it, when you do a shot it sounds like blam. Have mm. you ever heard of a gunshot sounding like blam?
1: Well, it's it's hard like I mean I I know I have my dad used to go um shooting kangaroos for their pelts. <gasps> oh. Um so I am familiar with gunshots very extensively and I the blam is it's a tough one. I mean, like dogs don't go woof, but True. you need to have some sort of like expression of it. But I, I really, you've put me on the spot, Claire. I wouldn't <laughs> know what what uh, onomatopoeia I would use for a gunshot.
0: And interestingly that he's been shot, but we can't see the blood or the wound.
1: Ah, uh, yes. Well, oh, this is like people who have been listening to the podcast know that I talk about the Comic Code Authority Oh. A fair amount. And this is like the self-censorship bureau that the comics uh, industry set up in the 50s and they were not allowed to show blood and stuff like that. So
0: interesting. How come? Uh,
1: well, there was like co- comics got, uh, uh, were very popular with kids and they were accused of causing juvenile delinquency. And uh-huh. there was a, a Senate hearing about it, which was televised, which went very poorly for, uh, the industry so they self-censored by setting up this comic code authority which outlawed all sorts of things like showing of uh you know la- la- vicious like sexuality and relationships where people don't want to get married and uh any like werewolves and vampires and zombies and all this stuff was banned
0: oh So you're allowed to shoot someone, but you're just not allowed to show the blood? That's weird, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, by this time, this is like mid-70s, so it was like uh, 20 20 years since the Comic Code Authority was first set up, so they had loosened it a fair amount, but it was still still was in effect.
0: Ah, good to know.
1: Mm. Yeah. Uh, There you go.
0: Yeah.
1: So, next page. Mm -hmm. Page three. We see a guy in a like a snappy purple uh, jacket jump down onto a guy in a like in a full combat fatigue, you know, got guns, uh, ammo belts strung around him, uh, and they start to have a fight. And we, yeah, and it's determined that they're both uh, trying to kill Howard because there's ten million on the line for, for someone who can, can take him out yeah uh, but then they say well that's uh too much competition count me out right on man see ya. and they start walking around and then it's a fl- it's a fake out because they turn around and shoot each other they're each trying to fake each other out saying they weren't after the money and they both end up dead which of course leaves howard alive huh
0: so I read it that they were doing that old, you know, like um in the ye olden days, you'd stand back to back and men would take ten paces and then turn around and whoever was like, you know, it was like a a
1: like draw. A showdown.
0: Yeah, a showdown. Is it, you think that's what they did?
1: I'm pretty sure. That's yeah. what Because they, they're, yeah, it's like, well, if competition's that stiff, count me out, says the first guy. Even ten million ain't worth dying for. And the I other like guys the-
0: they follow the code of gunmanship, even to the end. Well, in the
1: vigilantes. Once again, this is something that you know from your Seattle world, Claire. And I, it's like I don't live in that world like you. <laughs> I don't know what the code of honor is. <laughs> the
0: code of honor. I mean, the fact that um, at the start they were like punching each other when they both mm. had guns and didn't use their guns.
1: Yeah. So
0: they're highly trained assassins brides
1: my thinking well uh well you would recognize your compatriots (laughs) i imagine (laughs) i like it okay uh so how like last panel there is like uh bev bev who is oh beverly often acts as the greek chorus for how she just explains what's going on And uh, he says, yeah, Someone's shooting, as a, uh, shooting at us. It's possible, Bev, says Howard. Uh, and then we go on to the next page, and suddenly a gold-plated Rolls-Royce shows up for some reason. Yes. Uh, the sight of an abominable... Uh, like the sight of country singer Dreyfus Gulch's limousine. Jeez. And there's a big DG on the front, and a guy speaking in a Western-type accent says... Uh, hurry up, y'all. My bulletproof glass will protect you. It's been tested by North Carolina women. That's a joke I do not understand. I,
0: I know. I, I didn't get it either, but I want to laugh. But I don't understand this. <laughs> Why are North Carolina women known for their bullet? Like, you know. Oh, uh... uh, look,
1: I think if we were Americans in the 1970s, we would probably understand what he was talking about. But we don't live in that world. Okay, the street becomes a war zone, and like there's like three guys. There's even a guy, I think, hiding and it. Looks like Oscar the Grouch is having in the a bin. go. Like, sorry. He's in the bin, isn't he? He's in the bin, yeah. Yeah. Have, they're all plugging away of him. Pow, pow, brr, ping, bam. <laughs> um, but luckily, the, the, the limo gets away. Mm. And uh, Dreyfus takes. Howard and Beverly to meet their ad agency. And we go to the next page there. Any other comments about the uh, that page four there? There's a lot of action. A lot there of is action. a lot of action.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very exciting.
1: So next we end up at the campaign headquarters where there's lots of pictures of Howard the Duck. Uh, Howard for president. Stand up, America. Vote Howard the Duck in 76. Uh, and Howard is unimpressed with what he sees. Mm. Apparently, uh, GQ Studley himself uh, uh, has engineered the campaign and Howard wants to talk to the guy, but he's been told that he's too busy working on the duck campaign. And Howard takes offence because he is the duck in question and tries to jump over the desk to the switchboard. Uh, very. This is a uh, this is a recurring character trait with uh, Howard the Duck. He has very little patience for just about anything. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. What do you think about what we're looking at here? There?
0: Did you think it was interesting on the back right? The there's a picture of him dressed as a priest with a halo. Like, is yeah, that back or is that there's a little holy bible there? So, there are the three types of. Uh, what voter that he's going for, hard worker, maybe like farmer and then priest.
1: Yeah. So that, that sounds like they're really going for the uh, blue collar. De- demogra- should... Yeah. The blue comma de- demographic there.
0: Yeah. So strange. Uh, and I well, like suppose
1: priests yeah. would be white collar. Yeah, yeah. Get it. get, it?
0: You get it. I got it. Yeah. I love it.
1: <laughs> it's <laughs> it's beautiful. beautiful. And yeah. isn't it
0: like cute how tiny he is, but he manages to do the jump onto the table. Yeah, like there's some real, because he looks smaller and smaller
1: every time, doesn't he? Like he's tiny, tiny. Like he's 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 big for a duck, but he's small against humans.
0: Can he actually can
1: ducks jump? Like would he be able to jump onto the table? Well, one thing you should, if you if you were a regular reader of How the Duck, you would know that he is a master of the ancient art of quack foo. Oh, I
0: see. (laughs) I'm I'm glad that I asked that.
1: So now yeah, I know. So that's how it's probably got something to do with his prod- prodigious leaping ability is his uh, mastery of the ancient art of quackfu. Interesting. Great. Love it. Uh, uh, it does not help him because the secretary has grabbed him by the flipper and flips him upside down on the next page. And uh, he gets wrestled to the ground by a couple of headley- heavies while Mr. Studley tells him to drag him away. Beverly starts hammering on him, saying, well, where are they taking him? And it says, he committed himself, Miss Swizzler, to win this election. I mean, it was almost like for a second there, they were going to take him to the funny farm. Mm. Uh, so he's been taken away to give a, be given a, um, a makeover. And then they go to, <laughs> and they go to, ah, uh, this is like, once again, what, uh, I think this is a pretty funny bit. They, talk about how his assassination quotient is really high and apparently the more more that people want to kill you the better it is for your election chances
0: oh, I see 7.97 or something okay yes
1: indeed which sounds like a good number obviously it's completely made up but
0: yeah so the guy, like, turn, like Mr. Sudley who wanted to help him, like quickly changed and decided to turn on him and is now turned evil. Is that right? Or he wants to just do a makeover on him?
1: He just wants to do a makeover on oh, him.
0: Oh, but just like heavy-handed makeover.
1: Heavy-handed makeover. Check. I think it's like, it's being a 70s comic, it's very anti sort of like uh, advertising and like public relations and stuff. You know, it's like all oh, these fake people and stuff like that. You know, well, they want to try and get back to the, the uh, you know, the more homely, uh, like, uh honest uh, ways of the 60s, I suppose. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I thought it was also interesting that top right, you said it wasn't a shark-related comic, but the one of the heavies, you can see, he's got two shark teeth around his neck and the necklace. Can you see? Uh,
1: I can see it. Oh, yep, yep. You got me there.
0: Yeah. Here a reminds of, me of... The shark. Who's your man? Jaws from the old Bond movies. Kind of like him, his face and his teeth, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he does. He does look a bit like uh, that fella. Yeah. His name uh, Richard Keel was the actor. Yes. I can't believe I pulled that out of my uh, brain, but
0: good work.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So maybe, yeah, maybe making a little bit of a comment about how this guy's a shark, and when they say that, uh, Claire, they're not. They're not being positive about him.
0: But if you see his, see his his ear on the, he looks like um, Star Trek. He looks
1: like an elf. Yeah, he's got a
0: pointy ear. He's Got a pointy ear. There's so many clues in this. There's so many (laughs) hidden clues,
1: Brad. (laughs) Okay, oh my God, Uh, I think we've started to stumble into uh, conspiracy territory. Okay, well, keep (laughs) going. Okay, well, that's part of your world, but I don't know. Okay, so. Okay, so next page, uh, um, whatever his name is, the PR guy explains it's great that people want to kill Howard because it means that, uh, you know, people care about what's going on. And he explains that he's got everything Howard is going to say for the rest of the campaign written down.
0: Mm.
1: So he just has to uh, read it from a book. He doesn't have to worry about it, and he has some... uh, I suppose they're trying to make some social social satire about the uh, inanity of the things he was going to say. Uh, but before we can make any... Uh, he, he does have a pointy ear, doesn't he? He does. Oh, crikey. Okay. <laughs> uh, before we can go make any headway on that, we hear WAG, the famous catchphrase of Howard the Duck. And Howard is there smoking a pipe in a jacket uh, with teeth and a uh, a tie with mm. a diamond tie pin looking all done up and fancy yep uh and the pr guy is very happy with that uh but howard himself looks a little bit per- per- perturbed with his having multiple pupils in each eye like yeah he's fully cartoon ducking it
0: i think he looks very sharp
1: yeah you like you like his look is it the teeth
0: I think it's the teeth and the jacket. Yeah? Yeah, and and the, the tie. Sharp. Sharp. Mm. He's
1: got a, like a little HVD yeah. um, monogram on him, so you know exactly who he is. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so would you be more likely to vote for Howard if he was wearing that get-up or if he was just walking around in his regular suit and hat with no pants?
0: I mean, I like... If I, if I'm going to see him a man in a suit for president like I like Obama the way he you know the way he always used to pull it pull his sleeves up to make it like he's going to be a a, a man who gets work done that's what I think oh, yeah. I prefer best. I uh,
1: you, you want someone with their jacket off.
0: Yeah, with their like uh, sleeves digging in a hole or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That'd be good.
1: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, it's still a week to go in the election so we might see either of the candidates uh, take their shirts off. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and then uh, we don't get to vote. Uh, yeah. we, we are based in Australia, Brisbane, Australia. So, just saying, um, I'm uh, I can understand why, like, say, uh, say, uh, Trump would perhaps not take his shirt off.
0: That's a very measured comment,
1: Brad. I'm a measured fella. Yeah. Okay. So next page. Uh, the guy says. Uh, he, he, exuding unmistakable sex appeal and that winning smile but uh howard is not impressed (laughs) bites the guy's nose and leaves the teeth there as he walks away Uh, and he strips down as he leaves the guy crawling behind him saying you can't waddle out on us who'll package you you're a third party candidate and a duck yeah and he says just watch me laughing boy Uh, and he walks out, throwing his jacket and hat on, taking uh, Beverly with him. So what do you think of that little uh, exchange, Claire?
0: I think it's great. A lot of action, uh, and I love the fact that at the end, Beverly is quietly lifting up like a baby so he can take a phone call. (laughs) (laughs) little he's like a, he's probably the same size as what a six month old like he just seems to get smaller and smaller in my eyes
1: yeah. oh my god yeah i hadn't even noticed that and yeah. that is a great observation there's like a lot of stuff going on in the background of these uh these comics here mm. and i mean i'll we'll, we'll move on to the next page he looks up mad genius associates
0: mm-hmm. uh
1: so, so he finds a different pr man And then we have, uh, something like some, well, I guess it's a montage of him being on the telly, uh, and like people being impressed by the fact that he's telling the truth. Yeah. Uh, which is all like, yeah, okay. Well, I guess so. I mean, I guess that's what people would be impressed by. I mean, yeah. Uh, We continue on with the next page. Just stop me at any point if you see someone you want to elaborate on.
0: He is wearing a rolled up sleeve, is he? My dream has come true.
1: Oh, oh, yes, you're right. He has got his sleeves rolled up. (gasps) Okay, so Howard has your vote in the upcoming election. He really does. I'm so impressed. So he's a fictional character, and uh, this was set in the 70s. Mm Mm-hmm and uh you're australian and Mm he he can't vote in the american Mm -hmm. election yeah but if none of those stood in your way you'd be voting for straight in right on yeah love it okay so he's he goes uh why a duck you ask so it's a little bit of a uh why a duck is a uh marx brothers quote i won't go into that uh it's like some, a pun that they make about a uh, viaducts. Uh, why a duck, you ask? I say, why not a duck? You've had turkeys running this country for 200 years. Oh, hilarious. Funny, hilarious. Uh, uh, so he says he's going to let everyone know what he's about. He mm-hmm. starts taking stands. He, like, takes pollution and dumps it in uh, the headquarters of uh, manufacturers. He makes... Uh, uh, parents ride in their kids school bus and he lets the uh, the military live in caves uh, okay so uh, well it's no doubting what the uh, the political beliefs of Steve Gober who wrote this are he's obviously a flaming lefty yep but then most people in creative industries are
0: mm. 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 So, <laughs> You're sending uh, a strong message. I
1: love yes, it. Yes, indeed. Uh, and we flip over the next page. to uh, two other, the two real candidates in the election, not the uh, fictional ones, uh, have their say. Every, they mentioned uh, the Get Down America badge that everyone is wearing to show that they support How the Duck, which was in fact a real thing you could buy Ooh. Uh, in the US back in the day. Wow. Uh, would you like one?
0: Can you can you get them? Like, or is this just like a little pin? Because it was really it was really popular.
1: Yeah, it was. I don't know how popular it was, but it was definitely a thing that you'd see around. That's it. And it was obtainable. I don't know if you could get it anymore, but I'm sure you could like get a bootleg one if you wanted to.
0: Interesting.
1: Mm. So that was like a little bit of real world crossover on that page yeah. where it's like, okay, and uh, if you, you think the that? comic, buy <laughs> our badge. And then we go on to, yeah, it's like the nightly news. So they have the polls in. 48 of the population want him dead. 30 to, 30% intend to vote for him and 22% are undecided. Uh, so they do have a little gag about assassination. They love it. <laughs> Interesting. Don't
0: you think the guy in the top right looks like John F. Kennedy? Is he supposed to look like John F. Kennedy?
1: Top Right. That is meant to be uh, Jimmy Carter.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Went on to become president.
0: And isn't it like, it's weird that the picture in the bottom right, I know it's the news, but like the all red background reminds me of like Russia or something, or he's dressed like in a military outfit, but he's supposed to be the the news guy, isn't he?
1: Yeah, he's supposed to be Walter Cronkite, the famous newsman in America.
0: Looks a bit like Gorbachev, doesn't he? (laughs) I mean, Maybe I'm I'm making ties here that there are no ties,
1: so just the one thing that Gorbachev was known for was to be balding and having a big uh birthmark on his skull. Yeah. So uh
0: so similar.
1: <laughs> so very pretty much the same, I guess. Same, same. Uh, yeah. I'm not gonna argue with you. I don't want you to see call you to here, shadow probably. connections and have me rubbed out. <laughs> Okay, so we're going to flip the page to the interlude, a chill October morning in Central Park. So this is like, you know, just a little classic subplot section.
0: Oh.
1: Where we, we're setting up things for future issues. So Beverly is walking around in Central Park.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, there's a guy sleeping on a bench. She's musing to herself, you know, how ducks used to be so simple. And uh, a guy walks up and she says, Freeze, Charlie, I took private lessons from Diana Rigg. Now, uh, do you get that reference? No. Oh, wow. Uh, I thought there might be a chance. Uh, Diana Rigg was a uh, English actress. She was in The Avengers, uh, not the superhero movie, the TV show, the British TV show. She was played as Super Spy, uh, who was well known for having ridiculous kung fu moves.
0: God.
1: Sorry. And she went on to play uh, a character in Game of Thrones. Oh. Yeah, she played the old, I can't remember what clan she's from, but the old lady who ran one of the, one of the houses.
0: Oh, that um, Poison Joffrey? That's the one. Stop it.
1: Yes, what? the very what? same.
0: That's Diana Rigg. There you
1: are. Now you know the rest of the story. I do. (laughs) So the red-headed chap says, I just wanted to feed the ducks, you know. And Bev, like, apologizes that she overreacted. Have fun with the ducks. The guy says, I really love ducks. In fact, I make a point to throttle one every day. And he's sitting there throttling a duck. Um, Oh, dangerous. Okay, so let's talk a little about if there's nothing else you wanted to mention, let's talk a little bit about Beverly. Yeah. Okay. What are you, what are you picking up from that character there?
0: I'm picking up on, she knows what her colors are. She's a strong redhead and she goes with green. She's got a green jacket, green shoes and a green dress. So she knows how to pick her colors appropriately. And I admire that.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yes, Is that what you're what? hoping for <laughs> No, That's, that's, that's actually really good because like, as a, a part of like, because with uh, comics back in the day, they had a limited palette of colors they could choose from. Oh. So uh, that's why people tended to wear the same identifying clothes all the time. So that's why Hulk was always green with purple pants.
0: Oh, I see. So people wouldn't, so they'd know that they're the same
1: people all the time. Exactly right.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah, like, it's like a visual identifier. Mm-hmm. And Bev, I guess, is blue uh, like red and green, red yeah. hair and green clothes. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, that's interesting. We'll move on to uh, campaign log November. Uh, Howard meets up with some uh, businessmen who want to want to support him if he'll uh, <laughs> support them. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. Say no more. Um. Uh. So basically he says, uh, you know, you know that I'm running as the people's candidate. And the guy says, yeah, well, you've got to have a line to get elected, I suppose. Like, this is, I guess what they're trying to claim here is that sometimes people who are running for office will say things that aren't true to try and get people to support them. Uh, don't see how that would ever happen. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. So he he tells him he tells a businessman to scram. I grab the fur coat off of Beverly that she was trying on. So beautiful. <laughs> she looks the great. Coat.
0: Yeah, Beverly saying, Is this really Mink? She's really playing her best game there. I love it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Cool. Uh Okay, so they mentioned that it's getting close to election day and they have lots of appointments. And then we have a text page, which is a partial transcript of nationally televised press conference. So this is something that uh, sometimes Steve Gerber would do in the How the Duck comic, where he would change the format a little bit. Yeah. And uh, do things that you usually wouldn't see. And this is like, I'm not going to read all this. It's basically like some patter, some How the Duck patter, mm. uh, about how America needs to wake up to itself and stuff like that. There's As questions asked. So anything anything you want to comment about this page?
0: I like that um, Howard the Duck says that he doesn't care about violence and he, kids ought to see what violence, you know, what happens. And if you shoot or stab somebody, you need to see that it's messy and there's blood and... Like mm. yeah that they have to you know it's they basically not make violence tasteful i think that's a good message
1: yeah mm. they see the actual um the actual impact of violence
0: exactly because you would
1: know all about that in your job as a high high paid assassin i imagine
0: yeah, yeah. so yeah. that spoke to me
1: that he's yeah. keeping it real for the kids <laughs> yeah that's right mm. uh, because you, you've seen so, so much blood in your time i mean
0: And I like all the names are like Dunstan Quabrox and uh, Ramsey Klepp. And these people are just Hotel Rye Crisp. It's it's a strange one. (laughs) Sam Quentin from Daily Dunno and Daily Bean. Like these are high end. Yeah,
1: Yeah, great, great comedy names being trotted out. Yeah. I mean, Beverly Swizzler herself is a... As uh, a bit of a weird name. Yeah. So yeah, we, we got form there. Got form, yeah, some good comedy names there, some good stuff. Uh, yeah. So nice. And then we go to after. Oh, okay, we're going to head into some action. After the press conference, Howard is walking down. He's sending some photos. A guy hands him – well, throws a doll at him. yeah. And it goes boom! Oh, actually, it goes blam. Mm. Uh, Howard says his catchphrase once again, "Wag!" and gets thrown into a construction site. And then some gir- girders start falling towards him. Oh boy, what a, what action we are getting here? This is crazy. Uh, and then uh, he dives out of the way on the next page, barely being missed by the by the girders. Uh, him and Beverly start to run. Yeah, try to climb over a, a, a brick wall and a driverless car comes towards them. So they jump onto the car. This is like this is like would be a a real like a big action scene in the motion pictured version of this. True. Big motion picture like big action set piece. Uh they they die they get fall off the car next to a couple of petrol bowsers. There's a guy there who douses them in petrol. He asks yeah. asks him if he wants a light. He's, Howard shoves the petrol bowser down the guy's throat. Yeah. And they both waddle away. Well, I imagine Howard waddles away and Beverly probably uh, slinks away or walks determinedly away. And they make it back to their hotel room. Uh, what do you make of this little this little interlude, so to speak? You
0: did a great job explaining it. I'm like, the more I'm thinking about it, the more I think that Beverly should just get a little baby Bjorn and put him up onto that because they'd be oh, white. <laughs> it'd be so it? cute. So cute, a little, you know, like a front or back, either or there, and it would just be, you know, easy to transport him around.
1: Yeah, I think, but the whole thing with Howard, I don't think the, uh, I don't believe the. Uh, the writer would let that happen because uh, he is setting up Howard as an everyman and as a bit of a bit of a street poet. So I think that would undercut the whole like street wiseness of him if he had to be carried around in a little baby booster. I mean, like logistically, it would make sense. But I hear it you, Brad. Would, logistically, it would make perfect sense. In fact, I want to see that. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and I, would, I would love to see that. In fact, if I was writing it, how the duck comic, I would put that in in a second and mm. have it trapped there complaining about it the whole time.
0: Like, isn't it interesting that he seems to be ahead of Beverly in the top right when yeah. really he's so little, she's going to be streets ahead of him.
1: Yeah, uh, she she yeah, she would easily outpace. But, you know, he's I guess he's like master of quack foo. He might be deceptively fast.
0: Okay, I mean, look at the stride on his legs. Like, look how how high up. Yeah. He, run.
1: he is. Yeah. He is. He is. He is. Uh, hoofing it. He is really booking it there. Yep. Thank you. Uh. Okay. So, then they finally they they look both look exhausted as they collapse back into their hotel room, and their their country music friend is there. Press was hard on you, huh? Well, hate to tell ya, but there's more bad news to take take a gander at this duck. Oh no, how could they? And then there's the big, um, the big cliffhanger for this issue is a headline of a newspaper says scandal plucks duck. Polsters say he's finished, and there is a picture of Beverly and Howard in a bath together. Uh, a sudsy bath, so you can't see anything rude.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and Howard is saying, no, it's the frame-up. We've been sucking a bathtub. Now, this is interesting because I, I did read the, the issue that followed this one, and uh, it is a fake photograph. And if you look at the photo, if you look at the art, you can Whoa. actually see that it's a fake yes. photo. Yes! Because you can see they've taken two photos. With slightly different uh, exposures, like, and put stuck them together in a nice little, just like a nice little uh, touch, which hiding is hiding really... in
0: plain sight. Good pick up, Brad. Uh,
1: yeah, I just noticed that as we're going through that. I said, "Oh, they put a little bit of effort into that because the uh, bubbles don't quite match up."
0: They don't. I mean, don't. Uh, that
1: ends. This comic so oh boy, what, what do you reckon of what we we've uh, gone through here there? Anything you want to comment on before we move on to final judgments?
0: Oh God, so many things happened um it, <laughs> it had mystery, it had suspense, it had violence, it had politics, drama, some religion. I would have I would have liked to see a little bit more romance and some real gratitude and love between Beverly and Herod the duck
1: Okay, so this is good. Like, okay, well, this is something I've been wanting to, to talk about, which is the relationships between Beverly and Howard. Mm. Now, uh, they are clearly a couple.
0: Yeah.
1: Howard is a duck. Yeah. Uh, so you believe it's a chaste relationship or a non-chaste relationship? I mean, we have, well... <laughs> or is that, does that even matter? Like, am, am I being too uh, old-school with this because it is a major a major plot point of the comic is the fact that they are in fact an item and it's never made a big deal of and it's never done in a titillating way or anything like that it's just said like these two people happen to be very couple that's just what they are
0: there's just no romance brad like i mean i know that they want to keep it private but just once could we see like them holding hands or being happy or like hugging that they're still alive or just something give us something
1: Mm, well, I have to say, uh, now, the writer Steve Gerber was, created How the Duck, and uh, time for another little sidebar about this. Uh, and he actually, he, I don't think he was interested in romance at all. <laughs> he was interested in social satire and uh, and some, some gags and stuff like that. And in the end, he, uh, when he was writing the comic, Beverly in fact left Howard <gasps> for his arch enemy, the evil Doctor Bong. Wow!
0: You know what? It doesn't surprise me, Brad.
1: No. Uh, but around the time he was writing the story, he was actually he actually sued Marvel Comics for ownership of Howard the Duck, which he unfortunately for him. Uh, lost. So they instantly, as soon as they, so they stopped him from writing it from that point on, but he did go back to write it again many years later, like 25 years later. Um, uh, and in, instantly made Howard and Beverly a couple again. And I think they were probably a, a more affectionate after he left, because um. uh, uh as a writer, he just wasn't interested in that sort of thing. In fact, I think he he acknowledged that Howard was a very self-absorbed young young duck, and just didn't have the uh, the the wherewithal, the capacity to really show much affection for Beverly because he was so self-involved. He's punching way above his weight, wasn't he? He wasn't. He was indeed. Uh, so that's why Beverly ended up with Doctor Bong. Mm-hmm. In a in a brief storyline, Doctor Bong, of course, was a mad uh, as as we've seen already. He was a mad PR agent um, who had a head in the shape of a bell and a big <laughs> clapper on one of his arms. And whenever he needed to control someone's mind, he would smack himself in the head, and it would go bong. <laughs> he sounds delightful. My he hope is yeah, with him. Quite a character. Uh, yeah, and, uh, one last, uh, sidebar. So, yeah, so Steve Gerber tried to, tried to win ownership of how the duck he failed and carried on without him, as it often does. That's when they put pants on him and stuff like that to appease Disney. Uh, and eventually he came back and wrote more stories with him in the early 2000s before he unfortunately passed away. Uh, Um. Yes, but I did read the following uh, issue to this one, number nine, I think. And that features the beaver, which is uh, already we're heading into iffy territory with a character called that. Yeah. Uh, and it was about, I thought it was great, it was about foreign interference in, in an election where a evil supervillain, a French-Canadian known as the beaver, was trying to influence the election because... He was sick of America's uh, cultural imperialism taking over Canada, and he had a plan to uh, bomb the Niagara Falls with oh. beavers so they would block it up and make it fall the other direction on the uh, on the Canadian side. So they would have they would steal that off of the Americans. Uh, yeah, and that was a pretty funny issue too. So there you go. <laughs> okay. So overall, how did you like the issue there?
0: I really liked it. Thank you for explaining it to me. A lot, a lot would have been lost, and it seems like since, yeah, what I read and what you read made much more sense with you explaining it. So I enjoyed it. Uh, Thank no you. worries
1: at all. So yeah. it's time for final judgments. <laughs> so you, we get to decide whether this was a good comic, a bad comic, or a weird comic, or a combination of the three. What do you reckon? Which one? W- would you uh, put this in? What category would you put this in, there, Claire?
0: Oh God, do I go first, Brad? I'll
1: go, I'll first, go first if first. you like.
0: Um, yeah, give me a second. You go first, and I'll I'll think a bit more.
1: Okay, I'm gonna say this is uh, this is uh, okay. This particular issue, I, I I really wanted to do something on elections. That's my that was my the, my thought process of choosing this particular comic. I don't think I chose the best election issue of How the Duck. Mm-hmm. Uh so I'm just gonna put this one down in weird. I think this is a weird one. I enjoyed it. I'd say it's it's moving towards good, but this is just a weird comic with lots of jokes about uh political assassination, which is not the sort of thing you usually get jokes about. Huh. So that's my judgment. What do you reckon, Claire? I've, I think I've I'm you're...
0: the same. I was gonna like it's not I'm um... I'm not saying it's bad because there was lots going on in it. And I in terms of good, like there was the lacking of the romance and some of the storylines, you know, like in terms of the backstory, I think I would have been completely lost if he didn't explain it. So I think weird. Um, And also the fact that he's small and ever so small and there's lots of things going on and the assassins. Yeah, I'm going to say weird, interesting, like intriguing, like I was interested to kind of keep going, but definitely weird.
1: Mm, Yeah, definitely weird. This is yeah. definitely a weird comic. Uh, particularly looking at it from our point of view in 2020, mm. which is 44 years after it came out. Gosh. Crikey, I'm old. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just like it's it's a bit of a, a cultural artifact. Yeah. Uh, and a bit odd at that so there you go judgments are done so one last thing about the comic before we s- just uh wrap up and move on to the next section what did we learn from this comic
0: we learn. can i say what i learned
1: yes absolutely please do
0: that i can bring sharks into anything
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah hard to- i can't argue with that that is definitely what you've learned what did you uh, learn, Brad? Hmm? What did well, you learn? I, I learned that... I learned that... Uh, yeah. I think I learned from you, Claire. You learned stuff from me. I learned stuff from yeah. you. Is that uh, sometimes if you're going to have people be a couple, maybe have them show some affection for each other every once in a while. Hmm. Because, uh, like, uh, Beverly and Howard are a an iconic it's like comic book couple i mean because they're like they're definitely unique uh and yeah it's just like as i mentioned it just doesn't look like the the writer was had any interest in exploring that relationship just, yeah like, beverly was there to pick up howard to so he could make phone calls and stuff like that <laughs>
0: And that's really disappointing because maybe we'd be more drawn in or care more about the characters. If we knew that they like massively loved each other or if there's a bit of tension or if he, she was in danger, but if there's no um, heightened suspense, then they're just kind of like an
1: amicable couple that just keep tracking along, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think, yeah, it's like uh, make yeah relationships are important. And it's something that I, I, as one of my sidelines, I teach improv and, one of the things I teach my students is that, uh, you know, it's uh, relationships are where the interest in the stories is. Mm. That's where you get the um, That's where you get the uh, the real engagement from the audience is when they can see a relationship that they can relate to. And that's something that was missing. I mean, there was plenty of gags in here and some mm-hmm. interesting formats, changes and stuff like that. But yeah. let's have some human emotions in here, even if one of your characters is a duck.
0: So true, Brad. Well said.
1: Yeah. Rightio. Well, that's it. That's what we learned from that comic. So we're heading down, we're staring down the barrel of uh, the end of the episode. Uh, I have a question from the internet. So (laughs) this is from Kaylee Ann, which is a, uh, she's a comic creator and artist that I know. And I asked for a question about humor comics or comic book movies. But her question is, how do you come up with your ideas? So uh, this is a, a very general question, but I think I can give it a go at answering this. I will tell to answer this question, I will tell a story uh, about when I interviewed Neil Gaiman. Now, are you familiar with Neil Gaiman? At no, all. No, Karen. sorry. No. He's a no. writer. He okay. uh, wrote uh, American Gods and uh, Good Omens and the Sandman comic book series. He's a bit of a, an alternative goth sort of like celebrity. Uh, and I once asked him in an interview, which I was lost due to equipment failure. Uh, how he came up with his ideas he said well uh, you can maybe like sometimes you could say something funny like i go and get them from an ideas shop (laughs) Uh, and i said "Uh, okay he said but yeah you just like you just like read lots of stuff and experience lots of stuff There's no new ideas. Every idea is a combination of existing ideas that are out there. So if you want to come up with new ideas, you have to combine things that have not been done before, like a duck running for election or something like that.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: So I think how do I come up with ideas? How does anyone come up with ideas? Is by living a life and hopefully experiencing things that make them think and just putting random things together. And sometimes an idea will happen, will spring forth unbidden. Uh, and, and sometimes you have to like really graft away at an idea to get it happening. I mean, you would know all about this through improv, uh, Claire. You know. Yeah. Sometimes the ideas just flow, and sometimes it's like, what am I doing?
0: Yeah. I think um, having a natural interest or like nosiness in other people's lives and, you know, asking questions about them is helpful for me because that's where I'll get most of like half ideas and ideas and thinking about like, you know, conversations that you've had with people is that's what I think I get. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. That makes perfect sense. Mm. So there's uh, that answers that question from the internet. Go out, talk to people, experience stuff and think about stuff, and ideas come f- from what's already there.
0: Yeah,
1: be nosy. Be nosy. Mm. <laughs> that's the truism. That's, that's your takeaway for for that question. Be nosy. Uh, cool. That means we only have two little things left to do, and the podcast is done, Claire. I'm a little bit sad now.
0: Oh, Brad.
1: I'll <laughs> smash the last few. <laughs> You'll smash them. i was just like, okay. Like like Hulk or something like that? Oh, I,
0: if that's if that's what you do, I will I'll, I'll rein it in then. <laughs>
1: no, no. So, just saying I F- just haters. it's just sad that our this podcast is gonna come to an end soon. Oh sad stuff. Okay. Uh so do
0: you put sad music on, Brad? Will there be sad music I, on Oh no,
1: I I always end every episode with a kick ass rockin' tune done by my uh, mate okay. Mike Mungus.
0: I mean, I think a harp solo might be more appropriate if you were really sad. No pressure.
1: Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll take it under advisement. <laughs> take it under advisement. Time for, time for, um, uh, what are we, oh, yeah, that's right, recommendations. Something else that you can read, watch, or experience, uh, as well as or instead of How the Duck, depending on how you feel about that particular comic. Uh, so it doesn't have to be a comic. It can be any sort of entertainment thing. Uh, you got anything that you'd like to recommend?
0: Oh, um, I'm, I don't know if it's entertainment, but I'm reading a really good book at the moment called Surrounded by Idiots. You know that? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I like the sound of that already.
0: Yeah, it's by Thomas Erickson. It's... um. And it's trying to figure out what people are like and communication and then having to work with people and they put them into like, you know, red, yellow, green and blue. And it's really interesting. And I'm from now on, I'm going to be thinking about different people by different colours.
1: So watch out. It's really good. Okay. You should read it. Uh, what? OK, so what colour am I then, Claire? Can't tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, OK. Well, that is a hell of a tease. But OK, I'll, I'll accept that.
0: What's your recommendation? My
1: recommendation. I want to recommend something that's along the lines of How the Duck, but not How the Duck. I'm going to recommend a di- a different Marvel comic, which is uh, different I- in many ways, but similar in many ways. So it is the unbeatable Squirrel Girl.
0: The unbeatable Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Cool.
1: Uh, now this is about. A squirrel girl is a uh, superhero. She is a very positive and optimistic girl. Her pet superpower is that she can control squirrels. And I think she also has the proportional size, uh, strength and speed of a squirrel. Wow. Um, but uh, she, she's teamed up with Hal the Duck on many occasions. But it's a cool, sort of humorous adventure story. And the thing about Squirrel Girl is that, that she is unbeatable. Uh, but she has, I don't believe she has ever lost a fight. Wow! So any, any villain that she takes on, she beats. So she, in her first story she ever appeared in, she beat Doctor Doom, who is a very big bad guy, by setting squirrels onto him, and he didn't like it. She has also beaten Thanos... Uh, who is the big bad in the in the motion pictures the uh, marvel universe motion pictures she's beaten galactus she's beaten all these incredible uh supervillains just with positivity and squirrels it's a great fun read and i can recommend her heartily it has been like many many volumes so written by ryan north and erica henderson and they are like uh 12 volumes Of the unbeatable Squirrel Girl out there, and if you like something that's lighthearted and fun and positive, uh, with a kick-ass heroine which doesn't take it take itself too seriously, go check out the unbeatable Squirrel Girl. It's fun. Cool. I'll just give you some samples of some of the book names for Squirrel Girl. Uh, I kissed a squirrel and I liked it. Who runs the world? Squirrels. <laughs> my best friend, squirrel. So good. All the squirrels I've loved before. Ah. So that's my recommendation. Whew, I got that one out. I forced it out. <laughs> it's a great
0: one. It's
1: a great one. Cool. Uh, so that's it. We've only got one last thing to do uh claire before we wrap up the podcast and that is plugs is there anything you'd like to plug before we uh draw the curtain on this metaphorical podcast
0: oh um, well like i said uh simone and i have a podcast of our own we're not recording anything at the moment but it is sharks and it's S H A or K S, like sharks with an X. So and also improvising I'm with Big Fork Theatre and they do lots of shows and they're Big Fork Theatre. Is it.com.au, Brad? On Facebook? Uh,
1: God, uh, 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 big Fork Theatre. Uh, uh, big Big, yeah. big, big Fork Theatre. Um uh, I gotta we gotta get this right, otherwise they're gonna like they'll fire us. They,
0: they will. Um Big forward slash big fork theater (laughs) AU.
1: Oh, wait. This is this is like I have just written the worst thing. Okay. It's big fork theater all one word dot com, no dot AU.
0: Oh, great. Well, then.
1: Yeah. So check them out and Mm -hmm. I'll say yes. Uh, My plug is this podcast. Listen to this podcast. It's fun. I've been doing it for a while now. Uh, and I like it and I get to talk with lots of interesting people including Claire about comics and if you do like this podcast why don't you uh, say give us a rating on your podcast uh, app give us a, a positive rating or a, a positive review and let spread the word let people know about how the duck and other weird comics that we read uh, that's it thank you ever so much Claire for your time I know how, uh, how short of time you are being a international assassin and woman of mystery
0: Thank you for having me, Brad. I really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, it's my pleasure as always, uh, and I'll see you next time. Thanks everyone for listening, and we'll see you at the next episode of Troubling Issues. Bye. Bye. I'll just cut all this out, you know, I'll just edit it out. So how are you enjoying the podcast so far? I'm really enjoying it.
0: Yeah. yeah am, cool. I, am I um, passing or
1: failing, Brad? Be honest. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not really supposed to say. Oh, god. Because, uh, well, you know, there are. There's a code of practice that I have to follow.
0: Oh shit! Okay.
1: Podcast code of practice. You know all about it, I'm it's, sure.
0: Well, look, I I, I do. It's fair. Um, yeah.
1: So, look. Uh, I mean, you you you're not you're not failing.
0: I mean, I know I missed the all night party gag. I I really I wrote that down and I put a line underneath it. Is there all- well, I
1: don't think I even mentioned it in the comic.
0: Oh, did oh they didn't even mention it in the comment. How do you know then?
1: Because I read the next issue.
0: Oh, okay. There's a lot of in jokes in there, isn't there?
1: There is indeed.